What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the show, another episode of B-Shape Daily. My name is Brendan Schaefer. Excited to join you here on a Thursday, July 30th. Cardinals off day as they travel to Milwaukee following the conclusion of their series in Minnesota against the Twins. It didn't go well, folks. It didn't go well. Remember remember that episode a couple of days ago when I said it's just the Pirates? Let's keep in mind it's just the Pirates right now when the Cardinals are looking so good. Well, turns out maybe it was just the Pirates because the Cardinals took two of three from that team that we can expect to be in the basement of the NL Central, and then they lost two to the Twins. Which, in fairness, I said the Twins, I think, are a really good team. They're the team I actually picked to win the World Series this year because their lineup is so fantastic. I mean, top to bottom, that Twins lineup just has dudes at every spot. Their lineup from yesterday was Arias, who a lot of people said Luis Arias could end up, you know, if they had to peg somebody for a potential 400 hitter in a shortened season, he would be a, a guy that they wouldn't be surprised to see do that because he's such a good contact hitter. Um, Josh Donaldson, Jorge Polanco, Nelson Cruz, Eddie Rosario, Miguel Sano. I mean, that's a that's a dangerous one through six. And so, you know, and they've got they've got some other guys too as well, but the, the top six in that lineup yesterday are the names you, you certainly would recognize. Just a bunch of power hitters. You know, they led the league in, in home runs a year ago. And they, they arguably got even a little bit better, a little bit more experienced this go around. And so yeah, you know, you go into Minnesota, you'd love to get a split if you can. The Cardinals end up losing both. But the way they lost them, I think, is what's concerning to a lot of people. Because they didn't get bludgeoned to death by that lineup. That would be, you know, what I would have expected. And you say, well, you, you lose a couple of games, 8-5 to five or, you know, whatever, then that's the case. Game one, they, kind of a little bit, 6-3, to three, they lost the first game. And so, you, you know, you see the Twins doing what they can do offensively. They get to Carlos Martinez early. And they end up winning that game six to three, but game two on Wednesday the Cardinals lose that one three nothing. They get shut out by Rich Hill. Rich Hill and then the bullpen came in after you know five innings and they throw four shutout against you against the Twins bullpen yesterday in four innings. That's Tyler Duffy, Sergio Romo, Tyler Clippard, Taylor Rogers. The Cardinals over four innings they get one hit and they strike out seven times. That is not a recipe. That is not a winning recipe for St. Louis. And so they get shut out and lose that game, and now they're 2-3. and three. The Cardinals are on the season. They'll play Milwaukee this weekend, and people are talking about the offense, rightfully so. Look, after the first couple of games, we said that offense looks pretty good. This is the kind of lineup that they wanted to have top to bottom, be able to make things happen. You don't have to rely only upon the home run to get your runs. And now, you know, since then, arguably that's been the way it's gone because they get a couple of home runs in Game 2 or pardon me, in game one against the Twins, that's how they score. And then in game two, they don't score at all because they don't get any home runs. In fact, they didn't even get an extra base hit, I don't believe. Goldschmidt, Yachty, Dex, all singles. That's all she wrote. Three hits for the Cardinals in nine innings. Against the Twins, now are four and one. So, I mean, you know, people talk about what are you going to do? How are you going to fix this? Uh, Dylan Carlson, when can he arrive? You know, as early as this weekend, potentially could... Could they go ahead and call up Carlson once the service time is no longer a factor so they can get some offense going here? Look, I think that's a good idea. I think they should call up Carlson. I think they're going to if this continues for very long. And it could be that they, you know, the, the Cardinals front office has seen seen enough, seen enough of the signs that this offense is starting to look a little bit like it did last year. And one more game having been played, we will be through a tenth of the season, 10% of the season. And so you know, the time to act is now that could, it wouldn't surprise me at all. If that is the way they go about this 
and they, they ship Dylan Carlson up to Milwaukee, make sure he's there for the start of that series. I don't know whether they're going to do that or not. Fowler had a hit yesterday. That's an outfielder. O'Neill went over three as one of your outfielders. Harrison Bader is a name that everybody kind of wants to talk about because he struggled last year. We heard a lot in the offseason about how he was going to be better. It hasn't happened so far. Um, he was 0 for 2 yesterday. They, they took him out late in that game, gave Matt Wieters an at-bat to try to get something going, and, you know, kind of kind of says where they're at with the starting center fielder at this point. Lane Thomas is a guy who's only gotten one start so far through five games. The Cardinals wanted to see what they could have out of him as well, so perhaps could you see Thomas go in the lineup instead of Bader at some point in time, you know, or, or at an increasing frequency because we've seen it once so far, but will we see it potentially more often throughout the, the next week or so is a thought that I know that a lot of people have had. You know, if Carlson's not coming up, can they at least go with Thomas? My thing is, Bader struggled. I get that. He has just one hit on the season. But you know what? A lot of the other guys have struggled as well. That that kind of showing that they gave yesterday in Minnesota against Rich Hill is not going to cut it. That, that can't be the reason you lose to the Twins. You can't lose to the Twins because they shut you out and they only scored three runs. Because that lineup can score 10, and they didn't. Respect to what Daniel Ponce Leon did yesterday. He struck out eight batters, didn't get out of the fourth inning because of a bad call by the umpire on a, on what should have been a strike three. It ended up being a ball four. Tyler Webb comes into the game and then gives up a bloop. And so Ponce de Leon is charged with three earned runs in three and two-thirds innings instead of the two that he really ought to have earned. Um, he did catch a break earlier in that inning on a on a called strike three that was definitely off the plate. But that that situation was was not as dire as the one in which uh, he, he didn't get the call because that was going to be his last batter. He should have been out of that fourth inning and then wasn't. And so I think his day ends up w- looking a little bit worse than it actually was. I'm looking at the eight strikeouts, should have been nine, and I'm saying, man, I, I think Ponce de Leon has got something. He's got the stuff. He's got to harness it a little bit better. But against that Twins lineup, I, I'm not really asking for a whole heck of a lot more than he did. Uh, four, four innings, two runs, I would have been perfectly fine with that because it's three and two-thirds and three runs. It certainly looks worse Looks worse on his ERA. Um, you want your starters to get through at least five innings. But I like what you saw from the Cardinals' bullpen yesterday being able to, I mean, you could say keep the Cardinals in the game. Really, they weren't in the game from the beginning if they're going to hit like that. But, uh, you know, the way they filled five innings in a third didn't give up a run against a really, really good lineup, gave up a collective three hits throughout the rest of that game. And let me correct myself. It was four innings in a third, of course, because the Twins playing at home did not need to bat in the bottom of the ninth. But four and a third, four strikeouts, three hits allowed from Webb, Whitley, Andrew Miller, and Ryan Helsley, who looks really, really good. He had two of those strikeouts, and Cody Whitley had a couple as well. So liking what you're seeing from the bullpen, it's not going to matter if the offense doesn't come to life. And so how do you fix it? How do you change it? You know, how do you get back to what they were doing against the Pirates in, in games one and two where they were just stringing at bats together and, and, you know, taking it to the other team, taking it to the opposition and making life hard on them? The Cardinals did not make life hard on Rich Hill and the Twins last night. And I understand Dylan Carlson. I think he can definitely be a part of that. But it's got to be a collective effort, and things are, are going to have to change from top to bottom if the Cardinals are going to be able to to make a run at this thing. And again... We talk about the combination of kind of conflicting thoughts where you don't have a lot of time in this season because of how short the season is, mixed with the fact that you have six extra teams making the postseason, three from each league, and so you that does give you a little bit of extra wiggle room. You don't have to win, you know, at a 550 winning percentage or whatever, I, you wouldn't think, in order to make the playoffs. And so it kind of goes both ways a little bit. Cardinals have some time. I think they can be okay. 
going to have to to hit the Brewers a little bit better. They don't have a world-class pitching staff. Um, those games up at Miller Park are often, you know, pretty high scoring. And so be ready to get into a couple of those kinds of games. Hopefully your pitching can help you out. Certainly, I think Mike Schilt has shown um, a willingness to go to the bullpen early if he needs to. The bullpen has shown that they deserve those opportunities. And so we'll see how the Cardinals, you know, handle that. And, and if they're able to stay in some games up north uh, when they when they head over to Milwaukee from Minnesota. But it's got to change. It's got to be different than it was. You gotta, you gotta start putting up a fight. I mean, it's it's hard, it's hard as a Cardinal fan, I'm sure, to watch those games, and and you're not able to to even feel like something good is going to happen. I said the one spot in that game where they had Matt Carpenter was three and zero after the Dexter Fowler hit, and I want to say it was maybe the eighth inning, but it was three and zero on Carpenter, runner on first base, nobody out, and it felt like it was like all right, this is an opportunity for something to happen. Yeah, they're down three runs, but you could see. You could see where quickly things could turn right for the Cardinals in that spot. Instead, I think the next three pitches to Carpenter were strikes. He struck out. And then after that, it was a like a pop-up or something where Dexter Fowler was, was stealing with the pitch a couple pitches later, and he ends up getting double off of first base on a pop-up that I don't think actually made it out of the infield. So just just not a good not a good combination of plate appearances for the Cardinals when they had a potential chance to get back into that game. And it just didn't happen. Uh, Mike Schilt, after the game, talking about, you know, he was asked about Harrison Bader specifically. And it sounds to me like he's going to be playing in the lineup on Friday. Talked about he deserves opportunities, but not unlimited opportunities. You know, it's there, there is going to be a limit to it. But I think, I think Schilt, as the manager of this team, he's managing all the players. He's not just managing Harrison Bader. And so I think he's interested in, kind of keeping it as a, a collective, you know, reward, collective blame sort of thing. And right now there's blame to go around. And, you know, Mike Schultz still talks about as though, you know, that the approach is what they want to see. And I saw plenty of plate approaches that weren't what I wanted to see personally. But, um, I, you know, if, if the Cardinals are satisfied, they're all about the process as well they should be. And the process is hopefully going to heed some different results over the weekend for the Cardinals. But, wouldn't be surprised to see Harrison Bader back in there based on what Mike Schilt had to say after the game on Wednesday. So we'll wait and see what happens with that. The Cardinals pitching staff lines up like this over the weekend, presumably with the Cardinals reaching the top of their rotation once again. It'll be Jack Flaherty on Friday, Adam Wainwright on Saturday, and then Dakota Hudson on Sunday. Latest I've seen for Milwaukee's pitching matchups is going to be Brett Anderson on Friday, a lefty, which is another reason that and Mike Schultz mentioned this, that with a lefty going on Friday, looking to try to get Harrison back in there. Um, his numbers against left-handed pitching were really good in 2018. His numbers overall in 2019 were bad, and they were a little bit worse even against lefties. And so, you know, and, and this was talked about yesterday a little bit on Twitter, but the, the, the thought process being that he's better against lefties than he is righties. Um, Izzy, it remains to be seen if he'll be that going forward. In 2018, he was much, much better, though, against lefties. And so I think it's fair to say when he's at his best, that's what he's going to be. But last year, he was a little bit worse and was was poor overall. And this year remains to be seen how he'll do. He didn't didn't get anything off of Rich Hill yesterday. Uh, but Brett Anderson on Friday for Milwaukee. I don't ha- I don't see anything as of as of yet for Saturday. Adrian Hauser will go on Sunday for the Brewers. So that'll be the matchups. Back at the top of the rotation for the Cardinals, so get another chance to see Jack Flaherty, see how Wainwright will do on the road 
in a, a tough building to pitch, certainly because of, of just the way the balls can fly out there, especially with the roof closed, and then Dakota Hudson on Sunday. So chance for the Cardinals to, to try to make up some ground again here after getting swept in a two-gamer over the week. Two off days this week, I think that should be good news for the bullpen, keep everybody rested. I think it's a good day for an off day if you're talking about the offensive perspective because they haven't been able to get anything done, and maybe just a day off would be the best thing for them. Hopefully that's the case as they head into Milwaukee over the weekend. Now, I want to get into something that we haven't talked about yet on the podcast because didn't do one yesterday, and then the day before that I had already recorded when the news that Miles Michaelis is out for the rest of the season dropped. And so let's talk about that for a minute. Definitely significant news for the Cardinals starting rotation. It's the reason that Daniel Ponce de Leon started yesterday in the first place, but that was a couple of days ago. And so um, because of the scheduling of how I did the podcast this week, we haven't gotten to it yet. And so we can talk about that now. Obviously goes without saying that it's a bummer for the Cardinals and their prospects for the season. Uh, Michaelis was a big part of what they did in 2018, was their best starter. And last season was their opening day starter had a little bit of a drop-off from where he had been in 2018, but still was a productive member of the rotation for him. And coming into this year, you know, back in spring, you thought you weren't going to have him. And then suddenly COVID happens. You have all this time off. He's able to rest and recover the forearm strain, the forearm situation, and be able to feel like he can come into summer camp and pitch. And he did. But then as he's, preparing for his first start of the season and, and has a bullpen before it over the weekend, I believe it was, Mike Schultz said, he didn't feel like he could do it. And so they look, they check out another, get him another MRI, and it hasn't. it's gotten worse from where it was previously. And so they have to shut things down again. So disappointing, but not necessarily a major surprise because when you talk about forearm strain, oftentimes it does lead to Tommy John surgery. That's not what Michael is, has. Um, but oftentimes those things don't heal on their own and you, you know, you try to get through those things, but eventually feels like it's just going to be something that crops back up again. And so he ends up needing a flexor tendon repair surgery that'll put him out four months. Um, John Moselak thinks that he will be ready to go for spring training of 2021 because it's not Tommy John. This recovery time for the, the surgery that he does need is shorter than what the recovery would be for Tommy John surgery. It's not the elbow. It's just the flexor tendon that needs to be repaired. And so hopefully that gets it done because if you talk about maybe trying this method to save time and then it it does end up impacting the elbow if this doesn't fix it, that would certainly be a bummer uh, because Tommy John is, you know, 15 months or so that you're going to be out. But good news as of right now is that it doesn't look like that's going to be anything he's going to need. Um, not sure exactly when that surgery is taking place, if it has already or, or if it's going to be soon. But regardless, should be ready and, and back good to go by the time the Cardinals get down to Jupiter in 2021. That's according to John Moselock, Cardinals president of baseball operations. He said that a couple of days ago when they announced the news. And so what does the absence of Michaelis mean for the Cardinals throughout the rest of 2020? Possibly a battle for a rotation spot between Daniel Ponce de Leon, who got first crack at it. You could see Austin Gomber potentially get a chance if Ponce can't hold it down. And remains to be seen whether the Cardinals will give Ponce another turn in that spot in the rotation after his performance in Minnesota. I say he should. Again, eight strikeouts. I think he's got the stuff to do it. I think pulling him from the rotation after one start based on that, if you thought enough of him to put him in there in the first place, I, I think what he what he showed 
against Minnesota was was high end elite type stuff that could potentially play into being a very effective starter. He showed flashes of it though. He needs to show it more consistently, and I understand that. You're not gonna if if a guy goes three and two thirds every time out, that's not a recipe to win. But I think given the circumstances, I'm okay with what he did, and I would I would have him in there for another chance. But other guys as well have an opportunity. Austin Gomber certainly could be another one you'd get a lefty in the rotation. The, the thing I am wondering, and, and I guess it's to me it's kind of weird uh, to be honest that Kwon Yun Kim is in that closer role after having looked perhaps as the Cardinals' best starter throughout the two camps, and because he's already in that role, they wanted to give Ponce de Leon the shot, and it was asked of Mike Schilt, you know, was there consideration to taking KK back out of the closer role, putting him in the rotation where he has been, where he'd be comfortable, and the insistence from from Schilt and the Cardinals is that he's he's going to be comfortable as the closer, and you know they've got him in that late inning role, and so because of that they they went with Ponce de Leon. Ponce de Leon is stretched out, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, okay, I, I totally get that, and I'm believe me, I've if you've listened to podcasts back in spring, I'm all about Ponce de Leon getting a chance. I think he's he's got a great arm, and I think we're going to see some good things from him. But I think KK almost was was more deserving, and so. The question being, if this had happened a week or 10 days ago, you know, just a couple of days before the season, then what would have happened? Would KK have still gone in as the closer and Ponce de Leon would have made the opening day rotation? I don't know if I buy it. I think it would have been the other way around. I think you would have had KK in the rotation more than likely, and you would have found another way to handle the back end of the bullpen, which, as we've since seen, a guy like Ryan Helsley certainly looks capable of doing it. Giovanni Gallegos going to get up to speed. You know what he's capable of doing when he's there. Uh, Cody Whitley, I mean, we, they didn't know it at the time, but Cody Whitley certainly looks like he can hold his own and and, and be given more opportunities. And so I, I think that that would have probably been the case that you would have seen KK be in the rotation. So interesting to me a little bit that even though only a week or so has gone by, the decision has, has flipped. And, and really it wasn't even a week at that point because they knew – over the weekend of the Cardinals' first series against Pittsburgh that Michaelis wasn't going to be a thing. So they, they, they you know, when Ponce de Leon pitched in that, that one game over the weekend and pitched the ninth, I guess that would have been game two. Um, I believe at that point already they knew that they were potentially going to be using him as a starter this week. And so that was to kind of keep him on, on course, on track for making that start. And so if they knew back then... Really, you knew the day after KK made his closing debut, but their decision is to keep him in that role. I don't think you could say keep him in that role where he's comfortable because it's not a role that he's really done. Even though the Cardinals, Mike Schildes said it is a role that he's done, it hasn't been a role that he's done very much. It, it just hasn't. And starting has been a role that he's done his entire career as a, as a pitcher in his early 30s at this point. His entire professional career, for the most part, has been as a starter. And so I would have been totally cool with just saying, yeah, we're going to, you know, we we're going to try this. This is the way it looked like we needed to do things back when we had our full complement of starters. Now that we don't, we want to see what KK can do as a starting pitcher because, and again, his first outing didn't look good. And so we'll see if he's able to, to look a little bit better as he goes along. But it's just interesting to me that the decision was, and here's what Mike Schultz said. He said, we made a move to put him in the back of the bullpen. We did that because we have confidence in him. And Ponce is built up and ready to take that responsibility. So there's numbers factors into it, but that's the way we went. 
And so I'm totally okay with that. Uh, I, I think, you know, sometimes there's not going to be a perfect explanation for why a team does things. The answer is going to be because this is what we wanted to do. This is what we felt like was the best move at the time, and so that's the move they're going to make. But I do wonder if Kim hadn't already been named the closer and forcing you to make you feel like you're redoing or undoing something that you've already decided, would Kim have been given that spot in the rotation instead of Ponce? It's it's possible, but I guess we never really will know because that's not the reality of, of when the, the Michaelis situation came down. It didn't come down until Saturday when he was throwing his bullpen session in preparation to make the start this week. And so Kim had already pitched one game as the closer. You know, perhaps it would have messed up his schedule to be able to do it, I guess. I, I Conceivably, I think it would have been fine. But their decision was KK as the closer. Um, hopefully that's that's the decision that ends up working out. I would like to see him. I would just like to see more of him, though. And so that's why it's kind of a little bit of a bummer. But I also want to see a lot of punts, and I, and I liked a lot of what I saw yesterday. So I can't really complain there as just a guy who wants to watch talented pitchers do their thing. But where I think it could get kind of interesting is if the Cardinals end up losing another starter from the rotation, do they then just go with Gomber, or do they still not go with KK, who you know, had said he wanted to be in, in the starting rotation? That was his initial hope, desire, the plan when he came and signed with St. Louis. That would be interesting if you end up putting Ponce and Gomber in the rotation. Not that not, not that either of them are not deserving. I think both of them are. But I think Kim was on a little bit of a different level and signed kind of with, with the thought in mind that he would be given an opportunity to earn that role as a starter. And it's almost like putting him in as a closer, which is another, you know, it's like a flashy name recognition title as, as good as it can get if you're going to be in the bullpen to, to kind of make it a little bit better of a consolation prize for not getting in the rotation. Um, but if that spot is open there in the rotation, another one potentially, you know, within the first week you lose a starter, that's not great. It's not impossible that you'll lose another one. And so if they if that were to happen, I would go Kim over Gomber and I would say, look, we've, you've got the relievers to, to, to handle the 7th, 8th, and ninth. it looks like, on this roster, especially with, with Gallegos being another couple of weeks along, potentially by then. You never know when, when the hammer could, could drop and another guy could go down. But by then, you might have Alex Reyes back. You might have Hennessy Cabrera ready to contribute. And so a lot of ways you could go with that. But for me, for my money, when I'm looking at what KK did as a starter, I think I think I would I would be happy to be able to put him back into that role. And it wouldn't make a difference to me if it meant that you had to go another direction at closer because closer is not important. It's not. Not when compared to a spot in the starting rotation. That's always been my opinion. I've expressed it time and time again, and so it shouldn't come as a surprise to hear it. If, if you've got a quality, talented pitcher who can do either role and you've got vacancies at both spots, give me give me the guy in the rotation because he's going to have a, a more opportunity to impact the game, and I think those are less easily replaceable than a closer. A closer, pretty easily replaceable. A guy's either going to be a good relief pitcher or he's not. I do understand there's some differences to being able to handle the ninth kind of from a mental standpoint, but once again, KK has not done that before. He hasn't. It's not something that he's grown up doing and has all this experience doing. He's got a little bit of experience doing. So I wouldn't consider that an edge when I'm comparing him to, say, Ryan Helsley or or other guys, potentially Cody Whitley. Heck, Cody Whitley actually does have experience closing out games. He did it in the minor leagues full-time last year. So that you know, there's, there's some element of that that I could say, all right, the experience thing kind of out the window because 
I think he's better in the rotation, and I think they've got the arms to be able to handle the ninth inning without him. And so if that comes to fruition and the Cardinals end up needing another starter, I think it'll be interesting. Right now, I don't mind that it's Ponce. I wouldn't mind Gomber getting a chance either, but I do think it wouldn't make sense in a 60-game season to waste bullets, to leave bullets in the chamber. And I think you'd be leaving bullets in the chamber by not throwing Kim more, even though he looked a little bit rough in his first outing, I do think he's going to be a quality pitcher. And to correct something I said here a minute ago, Cody Whitley didn't close full-time necessarily last year, had nine saves though, but he's a, he's a late-inning reliever full-time, whereas KK was starting all of 2019. And though, and, and again, I respect Mike Schilt. I just disagree with him on this one issue that I don't look in KK's past and consider the experience that he's got closing out games to be an actual relevant factor to consideration of what role to give him because I could look at these other guys who have performed in comparable leagues because AAA is pretty comparable to the KBO and have performed in relief roles their, not in their entire career necessarily, but, you know, guys like Cody Whitley and Junior Fernandez was a cl- closer last year in the minors as well. Other other guys that I think, you know, Ryan Helsley has has done it in the minor leagues as a starter, but then in, in relief roles, every time you've seen him with the Cardinals pretty much has been as a reliever. And so you've been able to to kind of see what that looks like a little bit. Might look really great for KK. I just disagree with the premise that he's had all this experience. Um, I, I think it's negligible to the the consideration of where they where they ought to put him in. I want to put him in the best role that he, that he can impact the game. And I think if, if you get into a situation where you need another starter, that it would be him. But I know we're talking about a hypothetical here and, and something that may not even come to fruition, but just kind of getting some thoughts off my chest about KK. And and, and ideally, you're going to see him over the weekend, but, you know, hasn't pitched since that first game because the Cardinals have not been in a situation for a save that, you know, they've they've needed to use him. And so you can, you can go through some dry spells. I mean, shoot, at this point in time, it's basically been the equivalent of a turn in the rotation since we've seen him. So that can... That can happen as a closer, and, and, and that's just a way to have a guy not be able to make as much of an impact if if he's not given the chance to pitch. So curious to see how they'll fit him into some games, even if, it, you know, to me, you're on the road this weekend, tie game situation, seventh, eighth inning. I, I'm getting him out there because I'm thinking he could potentially throw two innings, and I want to see what he's got. So I'll be interested to see how the Cardinals handle that as well. But I'm going to wrap things up here. Uh, so we did a little bit of talk about Michaelis. Obviously not going to have him for the rest of the year. We'll see how the Cardinals kind of fill that role, and we talked about how the Cardinals did not fare very well against the Twins. Ideally, they're going to fare a little bit better against the Brewers, but that's all I've got for today. Appreciate you guys for joining me. Make sure to subscribe to the show if you've not done so already. You can do it at Spotify. You can do it at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. There's a lot of other ones, too, if you use something different. Uh, we're on, like, nine of them. I think really the only one that we're not on is SoundCloud, and so everything else, pretty much, you can find B-Shape Daily there. And give me a follow on one of the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's at bshafer12, anywhere you're going to look. Appreciate you all once again for sticking with the show. And we will talk to you probably tomorrow, but if not the day after. Thanks. Peace.